0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Building the Future podcast, where I have interesting conversations with entrepreneurs, innovators, and port leaders that are shaping the African future through what they do. My name is Doton. My guest today is Ngozi Dozier. Ngozi is the co-founder of OneFar, a platform that provides access to finance by leveraging data and technology. One of the major products is called Paylater, a lending mobile app which enables people to get access to short-term loans in Nigeria as quickly as possible. Ngozi has an interesting background, he has first class degree in physics from Imperial College London, MSc in Computation from Oxford University and MBA from the Wharton School he's a nerd. Before he started his business, he had a career as a finance man. He used to be an investment banker with JP Morgan, a risk consultant with Otto Anderson UK, and worked as a financial analyst with Deloitte. But now, Ngozi wears many hats as an entrepreneur. He is involved in several other businesses such as Cafe Neo, a coffee chain with outlets in Lagos and Kigali, a large franchise of Mr. Big's quick service restaurants in Nigeria, and a company that processes and exports coffee from Rwanda. In this episode, we spend a bit of our time talking about the opportunities and challenges in running multiple businesses at the same time and the paradox of focus for african entrepreneurs i met in in 2016 and since then we've done some projects together and also had several conversations about growth and the impact of tech enabled businesses in africa this episode is an attempt to record one of those conversations the next african story will be written by africans Meet the people using technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative. This is Building the Future podcast with your host, Dalton, coming up today on Building the Future.
1: What is it about people that's been a challenge for you as a business point? I think it's on two levels. I think it's getting people who are extremely passionate about what we're trying to do. I'd rather take ten out of ten on passion and say seven out of ten on ability than ten out of ten on ability and seven on passion. Can you break that now? You yeah, know, I, I just think passion is what what will make people succeed. That willingness to win to solve the problem. There are many people who are qualified, but they're not committed. We want commitment, and and so I think finding those committed people is, is key.
0: Welcome to Building the Future, Angazi. I want to start with a question that has already been bothering me. So you seem to be building so many things. Do you want to be a magnet, a tech magnet that's like a conglomerate?
1: Is that the, is that the ambition Yeah. So it's funny you ask that because if there's one takeaway, I want any startup entrepreneur listen to this is not to do what we're doing, which is doing too many things at the same time. You know, it sounds exciting, cafe, consumer finance, fast food, you know, coffee in Rwanda. But the truth of the matter is that if we go against someone that's committed, focused, they will always beat us in any of those verticals. And- it's taken us eight years to realize that to do the best, to really understand the sector or the niche you're trying to crack, you really need to focus 100%. And, and, and so quite, quite frankly, that's, that's something that's taken us a long time. All the entrepreneurs, you know, you talk to Buffett, Gates, I haven't talked to them, but you read what they say, and it's, that's the one thing they say, focus. And you think, ah, oh, well, you know, you know, I know better than that, or you don't understand Nigeria is different. But, but there's a different narrative to that? It's,
0: it's, I understand that. So that uh, about the power of focus, and because I build a business in the in the West, and most of the time when I talk to investors, right. forcing they tell you, even if when you're doing one company, they will you to focus. I think I read a story about Bill Gates that in um, arrange a, a lunch or dinner with Buffett for Bill Gates, and they ask both of them yep. to ask to write the most important thing a businessman should do is Focus. Yeah. But having said that though, you look at the most successful entrepreneurs in Africa, they, they are not like those guys. Mm. So I was listening to, at a conference in London, I was listening to about today to the chairman of Honeywell, right. and he actually addressed that. Mm-hmm. He said, many people would tell them, uh, African entrepreneurs, that why, you know, Focus, you are doing so many things. And yeah. the guy said, we have, to be so, we have to survive. We see opportunities everywhere yeah. and we just cannot but just tackle those opportunities. So there seems to be a different narrative and you see these guys are
1: successful in their own yeah. right as well. I, I think it's the, the way I resolve those two issues, the need to focus and the, the need to eat, is know what you're doing. So it's one thing saying, I want to go down this trajectory, but in the meantime, I need to eat food. So I'm going to do these things just to get some cash. And there's another thing to say, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best in three things. So, so for me, it's, you know, look, it, it happens, you know, your, especially with, you know, vol- volatility regulations or the entrepreneurship space, things happen, right? You might go down a trajectory that doesn't make sense for your business. You might go after a client that doesn't make sense for your, your core competence, but they are willing to pay today. But the key is to make sure that y- you know exactly what you're doing. You're saying, I'm not going to be seduced. Once I get that check, I'm going to try and use that money to focus so singularity
0: of vision, that this is where I'm going to, I might take different route, but I'm really, really sure about my true north. Correct. And, and that is very important. Correct.
1: And, and I'll, I'll give you an example right now. You know, we run a consumer finance company called OneFi. We started off with loans, on unsecured on, on loans to individuals. But we saw that there was a market for SMEs, the banks are ignoring them. And we, we went to, and began lending money to those SMEs. Great business. And the truth is that, we we lost our way because we hadn't mastered selling or analyzing the individual, and so now we have we're straddling, you know, SMEs, individuals, two vastly different businesses. I mean, even though they were the same lender, macro lending, but they are different verticals, and they can lead you to different paths. I mean, even on the individual side, you have to choose dive into the group that earns between fifty to eighty thousand naira versus hundred k to three hundred k a month, etc. Before you know, I mean, before you even master that niche or targeting, you know, we went and started doing SMEs. So, I mean, we've we've, we've shut down that SME business as a result. And I think this is the kind of painful steps that one needs to take. You know, they say strategy is not just what you do, it's what you don't do.
0: Is that a place then for okay? You start. There are a lot of opportunities in Africa that needs to be solved. Uh, that needs to be addressed. There are lots of problems that needs to be solved. And you then try to do a lot of things with him. That I'm going to test and see what works, what is not working. Where can I maximize my competency, and then shut down the ones that you think you're not maximizing well, and then optimize for the best.
1: You know how we started out. Just put some flesh on the on the bone. We started out saying to ourselves, "There's a lot of growth equity coming into um, Sub-Saharan Africa." But there's no equity coming to invest in businesses that have fallen by the wayside. So good company, bad balance sheet, you know, so they've hit upon tough times, they need to get refinanced. In the United States, you would have, you know, chapter 11, all the airlines have been through chapter 11 in the United States and and they've they've come out. They've
0: been refinanced several times. Several
1: times. And so we want to put that structure in place across Africa. So we said, let's do a small fund and let's invest in troubled businesses, Which is why we did, you know, coffee in Rwanda, we did some fast food here in Nigeria, and we tried an organic juice factory. Interesting, because I'm
0: playing with it with our our feces as well recently. Don't
1: do it. (laughs) (laughs) Why? So so, so here's what we we, we found out. I mean, first of all, it's distressed for a reason many times. And it's one thing to, and we were going to actively manage, yes, try and get an expert, etc.,
0: but it's one thing yeah, But to, you used the talent to, yeah. to turn around the business and, and finance. So talent and finance, that, that exactly. was the main thing.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and, and two things dissuaded us from, from continuing. One is that, first of all, the, it's difficult to find people with the right mindset to manage either distressed businesses or startups. You know, most, of, most people that are technically competent have worked in you know, the large multinationals, you know, P&G, Schlumberger, et cetera. And it's one thing being technically competent. It's another thing having that startup mentality to roll up your sleeves, get dirty, don't get paid, et cetera. And, you know, to, to get those people, it's, it's hard enough getting the right people for any key critical um, position. It's difficult getting those people for several different companies. So that was the one thing. And, and the second thing as well was that, I mean, investing is local. It's great, you know, being in Nigeria and saying, I can take flights to Rwanda or to Ghana or to Kenya. But again, it's, it's those things, those who are really focused, who have the networks there, who have the relationships. Who are having coffees and having lunch uh, every day uh, and uh, playing golf. Absolutely.
0: Will, best, will get into the best deals yeah, than absolutely. the guy who is flying along. Um,
1: unless you have some amazing competitive advantage like funding. Okay. I was about to say, that
0: was one of the key things. So uh, not, direct, not in the same kind of thesis, but uh, Rocket Internet have this thesis that um, there is a growth in Africa that is coming in the, in the technology space. And then they, they brought money and talent. So we're going we're gonna to start companies and we're going to bring all these MBAs and consultants from top four to come and run these businesses. Correct. What they had was that they had deep pockets and were able to go the longer, despite all the Challenges.
1: Yeah, I don't know too much about rocket. Um, the rocket businesses clearly funding is not one of their issues. They're able to get some bright you know, men and women to come to Nigeria, and I think getting outsiders to come to Nigeria or other countries is actually a great idea because you know your focus. You know, you know, nobody comes to Nigeria for you know for vacation. You know, not not, not yet. But at the same time, though, I think you know all things being equal, that's local entity that has funding, right? And that, really, that is the key differential in, in terms of what I see in most places, it, is that local knowledge, you know, it really trumps, you know, all else. If you have the, the knowledge, you've got the passion, that's critical, and you've got the funding. I, I And I, this is not a Nigerian thing, you know, I think any local player in 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 Kenya, in Ghana, in Nigeria, in Botswana should be able to trump that other Foreign entity that comes in, all else being equal.
0: Yes, they have the same funding
1: Correct. and the same network.
0: You started a private equity, and private equity by the nature should diversify. Yeah. So it seems to me that you're saying that one of the key challenges is not the money, it's the fact that it's access to the
1: right talent. Correct. And, but then focus shouldn't be an issue for private equity. So, so I'll answer a different way. I, I think speaking about Africa now, it became very clear to us that we were, if you think as a private equity player, you're looking to invest in companies with you know management that um, either that you you like or people that you can bring into that company, invest, et cetera. And, and our view was that there were not enough companies being built. The, the issue was actually not a paucity of Opportunities. It was a paucity of the right people in the right companies. And our view was VC makes more sense than private equity right now, in, in the traditional sense, in the sense that that PE model of great management team, great business, and I'm going to help them grow from X to 4X. I think those are few and far between. Is it? That's my belief. Based on your experience and data that you've seen, based on my experience. And, and, and ultimately, that's why we stopped the investing game and said, let's build those companies that in 5, 10, 15 years, people may want to invest, whether it's PE, whether it's the stock market. But well, for us, that is the opportunity, is building companies.
0: Okay, so there are three, three models there. One is private equity, helping companies that um, are struggling, but huge opportunities ahead of them and turning them from X to Forex. x That's like private equity play. And the VC looking at in, investing in young startups um, that are using technology or innovation to scale and giving them money and say, Correct. okay, go and run. And then hopefully you, you, you return our money back to us. And then it's the venture building model where so we spot this opportunity, we are going to start and wipe the, start from the scratch and build it ourselves and then maybe get some money in.
1: Which of those model, based on your experience, do you I, I think that last, that last model is the best. So okay. going, zero to one. Zero to one. That's where the opportunity is. When you go from one to two, you know, I think the impurities, you can't do it the way you want it to be. It's always good in our our experience to just start from zero. No baggage. You're not trying to panel beat this business model because of the existing investors, shareholders, etc. It's let's start from zero and let's ask all those stupid questions that people are, would be afraid to ask of in a different business because they, they've got that baggage. You know, we can, when, you, when you have nothing, you know, he who is down, he who is down, fears no fall. But you still have the issues with talent um, for those business. You still have issues with the fact that the, this, the model is not
0: proven and it's, that means it's risky. And then the other fact that um, there may be somebody who has more money, who's raised more money and can be faster than you because in a, in a very early market, the fastest wins. Right. So you still have all those issues. I'm just trying to compare now, like for like, compared to a uh, one to two or one to ten. Yeah. Right? The business model is proven. Okay, so you don't have to worry about that. You can tweak some things in scale. Your biggest challenge will be money
1: and talent. But with zero to one, business model, talent and money. You know, you know I was always scared about situations where, you know, I've got to keep this business plan to myself. Because if somebody gets it, if a competitor gets it, they will... The win the market and that that can happen but the truth of the matter is that there is no new idea under the sun and what differentiates companies is not that better business plan it's execution and that execution is done by individuals so when that entrepreneur is extremely committed and she doesn't stop she's not sleeping meanwhile the competitor has this nine-to-five mentality i've got more funding you know i'll always back that passionate entrepreneur that is just purely committed. So I'm a big believer in the, the founder story. You
0: well, know? in the venture building, you're not. You're the one ideating and then hiring founders.
1: Oh, if, if that's what you're referring to, hiring yes. founders. Yeah, and then you have to get the talent from the... I don't think hiring founders makes sense at all. So how do you
0: build a venture? Uh, what's your thesis? You
1: you are the founder. So how do you... So tell me, let's break this down. So, 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 venture building, how do you... How will so, 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 you do that? That model of great idea, let's copy it and let's go and find some founders, co-founders. i I don't buy into that. So what's your idea of venture building? How do you want to, or how are you doing venture building? Venture building, I see an opportunity. So the example that I gave earlier, where in a country where there are 90 million adults, Thirty million bank accounts. Only eight percent of the population have ever taken credit from a formal institution. So think banks, think microfinance. There are only two hundred thousand credit cards. So and the retail credit doesn't exist. The credit bureaus say that there are about one forty thousand searches a month in South Africa. I think Experian gets a million searches a day. So you think of that opportunity and you say, okay, this is um, this is blue ocean. So Chuck and I say, okay, let let's tackle that. We know that. Nigeria is not special. The lending opportunity is a factor of willingness to pay, capacity to pay. And it's a question of... And and risk. Uh, And and risk is a function of of, of data. And so you can take the view of, oh, Nigerians are not trustworthy. You know, if I lend this woman, she won't pay me back. Or the address system is not working. You could take that view. Or you could say, take the view that, you know what? People are the same everywhere. It's all about consequences. It's all about repercussions. And it's also about the fact that you can use current and stick. You can say, I'll lend you ten thousand naira, which is our minimum loan now via product pay later. I'll lend you ten thousand naira, and you can run away from it. And if you run away, if you run away and not pay, then I'll report to the credit bureau. I'll chase you, blah 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 blah. Or I can say, take ten thousand naira, and if you pay back, I'll double your limit. And if you keep paying back, I'll lower your cost of um, interest, and I'll give you more money up to a point where I think you no longer have the capacity to pay. And it's that approach that we take. And and so you talk to, you know, bankers you know, here in Nigeria. And, you know, they say, oh no, 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 people will not pay. But, you know, there are over 400 people every day paying back Interesting. our loans. And that number is going to increase. And it's just a question of reaching those people, marketing those people. You know, the, the mistake many of us make is Nigeria is different. We're not different, particularly in retail. <laughs> retail is the same all over the world, Asia, Southern Africa, Australasia. It, it's It's the same. Then.
0: And you, you have a lot to say to that, actually, because uh, someone
1: looking from the outside or phone, no, not,
0: not from the outside, someone in Nigeria would think coffee shop is not going to sell and because the Nigerians do have coffee culture, but you have good interest there. But I want to go back to this venture building. So right. 1.5 is a venture that you built. Correct. Okay. But then you and Chijoke Chijo are the founders. Correct. So if you were to build another venture stuff, you have to be the founder as well, Right. Yes. Or you have to look for a new founder to join you.
1: Yeah, I don't believe that new founder. So, so what I'm saying right now is we could not be founders of OneFi and then now look for another venture to build. Okay, so you wanna,
0: you'll be focusing Absolutely. on OneFi.
1: That, that's what you're saying. That
0: the best. So if you were to do this eight years ago, yeah. you say, okay, instead of building a private equity, trying to uh, leverage on uh, companies that are distressed and then take them from one to 10, yeah. we're going to look at an opportunity like OneFi and we're going to go hauling.
1: Correct. Is that what you're saying? Actually, if, 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 you know, this is, I might start crying now because if we had done this eight years ago, we'd be speaking from my palatial mansion somewhere.
0: Oh, but, but, but then you say maybe the
1: market wasn't ready then. Maybe. The market's always been ready for credit. You see, It's always been ready for credit. So, so yeah, maybe at that time, the, the proliferation of smartphones, the, the ability to start up at low cost because of things like cloud architecture wasn't there. So you're, you're right in that regard.
0: And and the, and the talent as well, because a lot of things have been happening in the ecosystem, and that is actually lifting the kind of talent that like, you can have access to. The quality of talent has improved from ATS
1: years to, to now. Speaking particularly about credit, the only thing that has changed primarily is the willingness of a few startups to actually say... I'm going to take the risk and lend money. And, and the truth is we're in an industry now where, you know, quite frankly, every month I hear of a new consumer lending startup. You know?
0: I know. <laughs> and it's, it's quite a few that are thinking of doing
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well. And, and it, it's that willingness, you know, to, to actually say, I, I mean, look, for the banks, it just doesn't make sense. Every bank I know has, you know, two to five million customers. You know, the banks collect salary accounts. If I've put 40,000 naira in my account every every month for the last five years. Why can't you just say, hey, hey, Dotu, thanks for your loyalty. Um, I'm willing to give you an 80,000 naira loan for 12 months. When I was, um, I was a student in the UK um, at university, one day I got a letter in the post, it was Barclays Bank, and they were giving me a 100 pound overdraft, right? 100 pound, you know, today, that's what about 50,000, 50,000 um, And But the fact was I was a student, I wasn't earning money, but th- this institution had said, there's something about you that gives us confidence, confidence to give you a hundred pounds. Now, hundred pounds in those days, I mean, that was real money as a student. That was, you know, in some in some pubs, that's about 200 pints. Yeah. You know? And that's what we need here. And the truth is, until recently, I was a Barclays Bank customer, almost 20 years, because one institution said, I've seen your small, small credits right? But something about you are like, here's a £100 overdraft. And that's what's needed here. That's the only difference.
0: So you think that's a gap that the banks just ignored and, and missed out? Here's my theory. There are bigger fish that correct they, they can fry and there are bigger people that uh, they can give money to um, rather than worrying about uh, millions of Nigerians who might not. And, and, and it's the same kind of effort that they would use to pursue.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely a mindset issue because if you think about it, you can say I've got a billion naira and I'm going to lend the billion naira to this multinational. Or you can say I'm going to lend, you know, 1,000 naira to 1 million customers. Completely different business model, different mindset, you know. You lend to that multinational, you know, high concentration risk, but they, maybe because of relationships, cetera, they very like to pay. Um, at the same time, when you have that diversified, you know, one million customers at one thousand naira, it's it's actually a much, for me, a a less risky proposition. But it means that your whole business model has to be changed. How can I lend and collect these paltry sums relative to that one billion? Collect at scale, and that's why I think you will find that you know, every bank I know now is talking about retail, 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 retail. But to change that business structure, so if if I see you as a banker and you're wearing suit, you're not do, you cannot do retail. Just the mere fact that you're wearing suit, nice shoes, forget about it. I mean, you see in the office here, we're all all casual because you know to also do retail, you need to get in the mindset of the, your target customer. Okay, going back to the readiness of the markets, so we, we, we,
0: we started this conversation about forecasts, and that if you were to do this eight years ago, you would have started with one finance and one might theory is that, okay, a lot of things that got you here were because of those steps that you took, right? Yeah. And also the market might not have been ready. Even in the UK as well, you have micro-lending startup coming on now, not because banks have been neglecting lending, but because the opportunity to collect, the opportunity to use data to improve the business model is now here, right? And I think maybe that's where... You
1: No, uh, I was, I, no, no I, I disagree because using my example again, what I'm saying that in 1998, I got a a, a, a letter in the post saying, Ngozi you're pre-approved for 100 pounds." But that's overdraft. Yes, yeah, overdraft. Well, it's it, it's a loan. Yeah, it's credit. Yeah, but because you're already trading with the bank, I was a student. All yeah, the was so, was my yeah, school yeah. money. So,
0: but then what you're doing with microfinance is totally, totally different. You don't have the history of these people. You're using maybe machine learning or some data to say. Based on these guys, some of the key points that we know about him, we can lend him X amount to start with. And then we can start keeping history about him and then we can then increase the risk. The person you are lending money to, he's never put money into your bank. You don't have previous history. You're just using some uh, comparables to be able to determine his risk. And that's technology, right?
1: You know, lending, it's about character. It's about, to some extent, collateral. It's about capacity to pay. Collateral can be, I trust him, I've, I've seen him. It, it really is that simple. And the way we do it is you can do all the analysis you want, right? We analyze people, they have the capacity to pay, but they don't have the willingness to pay. And so that's that's step one, is the truth of the matter is you don't know whether someone is going to pay back until they pay back. And it's in those continuous lending, paying back, you're building a relationship. And so that's not different from what we're doing right now. We can throw in, and we do particularly when we're we're trying to raise funds, buzzwords like AI, machine learning, proprietary algorithms, but we're not doing anything that's different from what was done hundreds of years ago. You know, a friend asks you, hey, Dawson, can you let me 10K? You give, you know, you give him or her. That's unsecured then. That's all we're doing. And that's what everyone can do. Both the bank. It's just the the mindset. You know, do I believe that if I target the right people and give them money at the right time, they'll pay me back? Is there willingness to pay there? We think there is. And so we've said, okay, let's build a platform around, taking advantage of that willingness to pay. And that's the only difference. You seem to be now looking
0: at focusing as as a key strategic direction. Now you've got your hands in different ventures, like Cafe Neo, which is doing fantastically well. Special brands and a company in, 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 in Rwanda. So now that you're l- a looking company at the one that's not doing too well, actually, is it okay? Now let's talk about you, want, you. you see huge opportunity in one one fire that can potentially become hundreds of
1: millions of dollars. Of, Amen, brother. Amen. Okay, so
0: what would that happen, based on your focus, what would you want to do with these other companies? Would you look at putting some founders in them and then raising money or sell them out?
1: Yeah, no, I think all, all of the above. I think um, these are all companies where you know, we've put a lot of work into it. We want to make sure they, they stay in the best hands. We, we are people who like zero to one. That's our DNA. There are those who don't like the risk of starting from zero and going to one for some of the reasons you mentioned. Um, competition, lack of, and you know, I don't want to fundraise, etc. But there are people who are you know, excellent at taking it from one to, to four. And, you know, that's what we're doing right now. We're, we're meeting those people. We have some of them. And the idea is, you know, to get those who are passionate about the opportunity, passionate about the business, and give it to them. Because the truth is that I'm extremely passionate about one five. You know, I'm a coffee guy, I love coffee, I'm four or five cups a day. I love the opportunity of sharing that experience with everyone else, but I'm not as passionate about that as I am. About, about building another Starbucks. Exactly. And, and the key, going back to what I said, is that it's all about the passion. So for us is let's find those people who really like the opportunity, who are really committed, who are willing to drink Gary, make it work and, and share that experience um, with people and, and, and let let them lead the charge in those things.
0: Let's talk a bit about your background. You studied physics in Imperial College. You, you did computation in, in Oxford and then you worked in investment banking, MBA in Wharton. Um, it looked like your career, the way it was being structured, should you be working in jacket wearing, um, or Wall Street right. or, or, or Canary Wharf. and right. I led you to start rolling up your sleeves and trying right. to build companies.
1: So you know, people's careers can be uh, can be confusing. I mean, first of all, I did physics because I didn't get the grades to do computer science. That's what I wanted to do. Well, interesting. I used
0: to, I used to think that physics is very hard to get in compared to computer science.
1: Well, at the time, they <laughs> I didn't get the right grades, and they gave me a choice of physics or material science to stay at Imperial College. I and
0: Imperial College is one of the best places to study physics.
1: Yeah, it, it is. But the truth is my choice was made on more on, I don't know what material science means. I want to stay at Imperial College for the name, quite frankly, so that's what I chose. MSc computation was the same. It was actually me trying to go back to computer science. Right. And what I didn't realize, because I didn't, you know, I was fortunate to get into Oxford and that's what clouded my eye. I actually found out that it was actually a very theoretical course. It's more mathematics than computer science. So... Of course. (laughs) Nobody goes to Oxford to become the best developer or
0: the best computational stuff.
1: Maybe Cambridge, because they're more... Right. Yeah, well, I found out too late. And I you know, look, Wall Street, I actually did a year and a half on Wall Street and it wasn't for me. You know, the by the time I left, I was practically asked to leave because I wasn't committed. My work was not on par with everybody else. And what was changing what, what was that changing? That focus for you? Was it
0: that like you are seeing opportunities as well? You just felt, I'm, I'm actually not enjoying this. Was there something
1: else that was pulling you? I think that the hours shocked me right so literally I was working 9 to past midnight most days but it wasn't really that because everyone else was doing it so you just you just fall into line it was the, when you're doing those hours and you're not committed, um, it's an issue. And I recall there's a this guy that used to sit across me, Brenda. And he'd always come to me and say, oh my God, have you seen that deal? This company has bought this company. And you could see that he was so excited about the deal, the details of the deal. And I wasn't. I was like, well, that's nice. And so if you have that attitude in a place like Wall Street, where it's intense, it's, it's not highly competitive then you start looking like an idiot and, and the truth of the matter is that you need that intensity to withstand those hours. And I didn't have it. What
0: well, uh, were you doing on Wall Street? What was your role?
1: So I was um, with JP Morgan for a year and a half and I was in the consumer healthcare team. So it was, it was M&A, it was leverage finance. an advisory. Um, an advisory, yeah. Great team, fantastic group, fantastic company. But your heart wasn't it, there. It wasn't for me. So there was nothing else pulling you. You just knew that this is not for me. Yeah. Okay. So, and when you left, you then started thinking about what to do or? So, so at this time, so I was thinking about leaving or, or in the process of leaving. And my brother and partner, TJK, uh, was just finishing off his MBA at at, um, at HBS. And we knew three things. We knew that we wanted to work together. We knew we wanted to come back to Nigeria. And we knew that we didn't want to work for a big company. You know, he'd spent years in IFC. had worked at JP Morgan, Arthur Anderson. And we, wa- we knew we weren't something small, that where we could make an impact not so much in we're going to change the world just let's do something where you know we're building from zero to one and that's what we've done the last eight years you know we're not you know they're, they're amazing operational people that you know a greater detail our forte is zero to one one to four we need help but zero to one everything excites us building something that is that wasn't there
0: before Absolutely. and changing um, lives of people with businesses and innovation correct uh, that that was, that's your passion. L- let's talk a bit about your background and whether that anything from your background mm. speaks to that. So your dad is a banker, very known banker, yep. and um, a lot of it say he's a billionaire. And, and you grew up m- s- with building a bank right. and, and putting all the work in it. Was that something that speaks into what you're doing now? Seeing your dad building a bank from did he build it from zero to one?
1: Yeah, he founded it. And in all honesty, at, at that point I was in the UK, so I wasn't that close to the building. Subsequently though, we, we did I did speak to him a lot in the later years about the opportunities. His his focus was actually tech at the time. It was nowhere near as tech driven as institutions are right now, but he definitely had a, a, a tech mindset. So I, I don't think it was because he did bank went to consumer finance, but I think what rubbed off on on me from my father and my mother was just the amount of graft that I saw every day, the sacrifice we were making for th- for building something um, where it didn't exist. Uh, my father was a, a consultant right from the word go. My mother worked with him practically till the founding of Diamond Bank. So it was a team, um, a, a 24-7 team. You know, when they lived in Yaba, the office was actually our home. So you'd have, you know, when there were meetings, my older brothers would come back, they would actually have to play outside till, till the meetings the, were over. Wow. So
0: you saw that graft, you saw that tenacity and, and, and hard work that was putting into it. Correct. And that inspires you into a lot of things you're doing. I can see because your brother now runs the bank. So you said you, with your older brother, JJK, you wanted to do something small. Start with something small and build zero to one, which looked like a very difficult path to take yeah. for someone who has a bit of privileged background in an engineering setting and where you could have done something else.
1: Well, look, our view is that we've been very blessed. I mean, and my parents have been amazing, amazing opportunities. And our view is we could go and do what we think would be the easy thing, you know, start into a bank or a multinational company, et cetera. But because of that privilege that, that you, you you mentioned, we feel it, we need to do the difficult. That's our view. Now others may, and, and this is, I'm not saying that others in the same background or position as myself should do that, but, but this is something that we just feel that there's nothing that will be more boring for me than to go and do, for what, want of a better phrase, a steady job, been there, done it, got the t-shirts. We just think that there's so many opportunities where we live to go from, you know, zero to one, to, to plug the inefficiencies that we all see every day. And that's what drives us. And you see one Faiz doing that, solving that kind of problem. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it... If, just thinking about the opportunities people have you know you go to the States you go to South Africa I mean people live on credit and that's not a bad thing it just means that at different points in life you need that extra bit of cash or that buffer um, so you want to buy a house you know it's it's beyond it's, it's not your typical expense and so you can borrow some money to help you and, and, and so credit is a catalyst and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to provide a catalyst to people whether it's at the individual level the SME level because that's what drives the economy I mean I think right Now, the consumer debt to GDP in Nigeria is about 7%. Um, I think Kenya is about 30%. Um, South Africa is 70%. United States probably over 100%. If we take that 7% and go to the level of Kenya right now, you'd probably recreate a whole, the whole financial services system. Think all the banks, think all the pension funds, or maybe not them, um, but definitely the insurance companies, all the MFIs. That's how low we are. So it's not a question of whether it will happen or not. It is definitely going to happen. And you know the banks are not doing it, but they'll be doing it very soon. If you think about the biggest banks in, in in the world. They're all retail banks, or primarily retail driven, whether it's JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, uh, many of the huge Australian banks. You, you can't ignore retail. So there's there's a shift taking place. And you know, for us, the banks are not going to be sleeping. But the, the truth is that the market is bigger So now.
0: I was about to ask you that, now the banks, we start seeing the opportunity that you are clearly defining now. And what happens? They've got more, they're more we're capitalised. They've got access to the more more people. And what is the future of, of this? Um, with the banks
1: trying to do things that you're doing? So look, you know, we're a fintech player, but unlike many of the fintech players you have across the world, we don't think that we're going to, you know, kill the banks or kill the insurance players. We think that it's all about collaboration. And you see that in, in, in so many collaborations across the world. Banks here are one of the most trusted institutions or brands you know, I will never be able, or I don't think, be able to raise deposits as cheaply as they can. So most banks are raising funds at you know 2-3% cost of funds. They will never be able to move as fast as I am. So there's a lot of room for collaboration. Do I think that I'm going to kill the banks? No. I'm going to collaborate with a few banks. And the truth is, no bank should be scared of of one fire. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That it's not about you killing the banks. It's about banks eating your lunch. Yeah, no, they won't. So, so no bank will be scared of one fire. But the banks will be scared of one fire if they're working with another bank, right? Because then, when you have the that marriage of low cost of funds high brand visibility, with our speed, our analytical capabilities, that's when you start getting word. Because if you think about it, what is the differentiator between all banks right now? All banks offer savings, they all offer a debit card, they they offer yeah, means to pay bills, etc. How many banks have as their core competence, I want to lend you money. And what do customers want? Yes, they want all those payments, etc. But that's, They want access to capital, they want want access access to to money, right. So we will be able to help other banks provide that service in a quick, convenient manner.
0: So is there a place for you being acquired by a bank at some point?
1: All cards are on the table. I think it's very early right now. We're still building, we're still learning, but you know, everything's open. So you've raised money. Yes, we raised sure. um, ten million, uh, just over ten million in equity. Uh, so from two investors, one South African and uh, one Taiwanese.
0: And you raised from New York?
1: No, 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 from South Africa and Taiwan.
0: Why was it announced in the New York press? And was one of the company listed in the, in the in the New York stock exchange? Yeah, one one's Nasdaq listed. Right, Nasdaq listed. So that's why they have to correct. So they are betting on Nigeria. They're betting. They're backing you and betting on what you what you're doing. Correct. And so you're giving list of loans now, right? Yes. Um, because I see, I see you everywhere. And um, so how big is, in, in the market, and if you can give some numbers, how big, how many loans are you currently giving out and how many loans do you have capacities to give?
1: So uh, look, our core product is a product called Paylater. So it's an app you download on the Google Play Store. So Paylater is part of OneFi? It's, it's part because of OneFi. Because
0: it's a bit of um, brand confusion. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> don't be confused, don't be confused. <laughs> so there's OneCred, there's OneFi, and there's, no, there's no, Paylator.
1: There's no OneCred, OneFi, OneFi. So OneCred was rebranded to OneFi. So Paylater is a product under the OneFi umbrella.
0: Because you're looking at releasing several products product as well. Potentially, yeah. Okay, so Paylater is an app owned by OneFi Limited, and it gives you access to loan. What's the difference? Differentiating factor
1: between OneFi and the other ones that I see. We are in bed with technology, so so like they use technology as well. No, no, so I'm, I'm, I'm about to give you so so I mean literally with the OneFi with the PayLater app, we're giving you unsecured loans only via your mobile phone, up to a million naira, no paper, up to a million and naira. Post approval so we you know you you, you fill out uh, download the app you fill out a form of probably about 10 15 questions you know who are you how much you and what do you do etc 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 and we say yes or no if we say yes the money is in your account within five minutes
0: okay the speed of delivering the money is a key thing for you because you're using technology to facilitate that correct so uh, one of the metric of of um, credit companies is the payback our people payback so what's the rate for you in terms of that you're seeing so,
1: so the key thing people tend to look for is the the, the rate of non-performing loans yes right? so I, I will for comparative reasons I won't, I won't go into much detail but we're less than 20% percent we less than and, and, and if you think about it I'm giving loans to people that we haven't met at least not in physically and I have a, a lower rate most commercial banks who do a lot of KYC a lot of diligence um, so you think if you look at banks retail um, book be it credit cards or SME lending, it'll be, it'll be for, for those banks that are honest, it'll be a note of 20%. So that just tells you the level of analytics and, and data. And there's more for room for you to improve that and, and there, get that. There's more room. I mean, because of
0: Atala, they, they're doing like 95%. Five, less than five or five percent. Yeah, this, you know, this is
1: Tala in, in East Africa.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, because, because they're using less of machine learning. I right. to get data from different sources okay. to be able to determine how well they should give you a loan or not.
1: Yeah, now I, mean, I don't know the numbers, but they've been it longer than us. So yeah, I mean that for, for us. I hear that and I'm excited because you know we'll, we'll definitely get there. Especially the more we learn about the customers, the more they share with us. Because we're saying we want to lend you money. Just give me more reasons why. And you know, for those who are honest, really want the money, there's. There's never any hesitance or hesitation. I can't speak English anymore. There's never, never any hesitation in um, in providing that extra level of data. Because, you know, compared to the alternative of, you know, maybe a week, two weeks to get a no, we're saying, you know, we want to give you money. If If we're not gonna give you money, you'll know in five minutes. Right. if you do get approved you'll know in five minutes So if you. I download the app now I can actually
0: get money before before I get to my to my house if you approved yes <laughs> that's interesting so let, let, let's uh, run off a bit but talking about the ecosystem generally the technology ecosystem so you're really focusing now on one five yeah it means that we're not gonna likely see you coming up with another big idea in in the next
1: one one if, 18 months If you see that shoot me <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna double down on this one, uh, and and then you look for a way of, of of stabilizing and spinning off the other ones that you've got. Um, in the ecosystem, some money has been coming in, and I'm mean, I'm talking about technology ecosystem in in Nigeria right. and maybe Africa as well. Uh, year on year, more capital is coming to to technology ecosystem. How do you see that play from your vantage position, both talent and
1: and ability of people to take risk, or even um. The, the quality of the product that is being built. So I, I think that's a positive. I don't I don't have the numbers, but I know you're you know you and startup closer to that. So that, that's actually very encouraging. I, I think my worry sometimes is that I, I see two things. I see investors who are excited about the opportunity and may not do as much diligence on the founders and their understanding of what they're attacking. I also get concerned about the quality of the idea. I mean, the the way we look at it is solve a problem. If it's a very big problem, they have the foundations of a very big business. And so when I think about my everyday life right now, what are the problems that, you know, if I solved or if an entrepreneur solved, you know, should be a billionaire? And I think about power, I think about logistics, I think about access to foreign currency, you know, healthcare. That's the question I always ask either myself or um entrepreneurs is what so what problem are you solving and why is it important.
0: But then you look at the big the biggest companies in the world, the kind of problem that they solved to, to get there looks very sexy and, and Google Facebook. Yeah. And, and and I think that seems to mar the viewpoint of it. a lot of entrepreneurs in Africa say you, you want to become the next billion dollar business, you have to build an app at
1: least cool. Yeah. Well I, I think I think this is why I think, you know, Podcasts such as this and other initiatives of the similar ilk are extremely important because we read all these stories from Silicon Valley and and other hubs. We copy and paste and we forget that things are different here. People invest thinking, okay, it's not the same here, and but there's room for growth. And so the obvious example is Amazon starts, but Amazon had FedEx, UPS, etc. to deal with the a lot of
0: infrastructures that was there that it can leverage yeah. and trust and payment uh, to some exactly.
1: extent. You know, Congo, Jumia, and a host of other e-commerce companies started without that um infrastructure in place now clearly you know there's some smart guys behind those two groups and and they're taking a long-term view um but there are other other players who um, or entrepreneurs who might enter a business you know like that or start a startup company forgetting that this infra- infrastructure doesn't exist and so either i need more capital so that i can ride the wave till the infrastructure com- the infrastructure comes in place or maybe i can start building that infrastructure and so i think that's the critical thing is is what's the problem what enabling environment do you need, you know, to your point, you when you do copy and paste. Um, on the high level, yes, it's an e-commerce platform. I've done it. I've, I've got all the um, integrations, etc. But the real life offline is not stabilized yeah. yet.
0: And, and when I wrote a piece, um, I mean, you, last year about that, Nigerian not only focus on e-commerce, and I think you, you're saying well, into, the, into the art of that that there are lots of things that look simple on the surface, but yeah. they're not just applicable. Again, most Africans are still trading through, through cash. Yeah. Cash is still offline. Yeah. So I was speaking to. Colima said, what's your biggest competition mm. with M-Pesa that is so ubiquitous in, in Kenya? And he said, over 90% of Kenyan transaction is still done via cash. Wow. So cash is still the biggest competition today. Right. It's not about another M-Pesa-like. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> it's, right. it's cash. It's people still trusting cash more than... Yeah electronic transfer or credit card. Yep. And I think you're speaking to that, that if you can solve problem that is for a day-to-day people and yep. uh, rather than what can strike the headline on TechCrunch. Right. It has, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what is your biggest business pain point at the moment? People. Okay. And, and I, I kind of assumed that would be the answer because most of the people that have interviewed have said the same thing. What is it about people that's been a challenge for you as a business pain point?
1: I think it's on two levels, I think it's getting people who are extremely passionate about what we're trying to do. I'd rather take 10 out of 10 on passion and say 7 out of 10 on ability than 10 out of 10 on ability and 7 on passion. Can you break that now? You yeah, know, I just think passion is what, what will make people succeed. That willingness to win, to solve the problem. There are many people who are qualified, but they're not committed. We want commitment. And, and so I think finding those committed people is, is key. I think as a as a founder, the ability to inspire and motivate people is, I think, an issue that you and I struggle with. And I think the best leaders are those who are able to inspire the people around them to achieve great things. Is there a place
0: of the culture? And then one, because one of the key things that I've differentiated a lot of startups, because big startups have cracked at inspiring people is gathering people around it and a big idea, yep. a big vision. I'm reading this book, uh, I think she read it, Sapiens. Sapiens, okay amazing way and this, dip, this bit was talking about what differentiated humans from other apes was our ability to believe in a lie mm-hmm. and to craft a lie and that actually helped us because we are able to craft a lie and we can say okay this is a vision so every other apes can say there's a lion there and, right. and, and and warn each other but it's only humans that will say that lion is a guardian angel right. of our community <laughs> and gather people around that idea and and then it seems to me that that's one of the key things that have helped a lot of companies to be able to grow really well and in terms of gathering and gathering people around the vision. Do you think there's a place for that in terms of getting talent? So not just about the money because it looks like when people talk about talent deficit or talent problem in the organization. It's not just about the money. It's also about people being passionate about what they are doing. So is there a place for an entrepreneur or business leaders to, to, to gather around the
1: vision? I, I think it's critical. I think it's critical. And, you know, the... If I look closer to home, and this is why I think the environment and experiences of these colleagues is critical, is here I, I say I envisage doing thousands of loans a day. No one else in Nigeria does that currently. So if you forget the airtime credit that the telcos are doing, but loans of 10, 15, 100,000, you don't want to do 10,000 loans a day. Sometimes it's difficult for people to envisage and believe that when you think, ah, but all these big banks in Nigeria that are so big that I look up to, that's, you know, quite frankly, they offered me a job today, I might leave you. Don't do that. So how can we this small company do that. And I think to your point, that's where the founder um, is critical in really expounding on her vision, really in saying that vision day in, day out. So it's almost like you're, you're, you're like brainwashing. i read a few books and biographies and it seems like the best leaders do that. And They're just able by to like,
0: share the narrative and get people to believe in them. Correct.
1: And, and then if you can celebrate small successes that are clearly on the path to that. So I go from 100 loans, um, which is, you know, something that was normal to 300 and people are like, wow, okay, it's not 10,000, but we're doing three times the number of loans. So I think it's that big vision, but also pointing out markers, that people can grasp onto almost like you're climbing a mountain and you're just little hooks that you can go you know hopefully three hours later you're, you're almost there and I think that's something that it's not easy as a founder as a an aspiring leader it's very difficult to
0: to be able to continuously make that knowledge yeah,
1: in the face of adversity challenges that are powerful of course on in, in any startup's journey
0: but is paying well also a big thing to be able to attract the best talent
1: I think it is but the more and more I I I go down this path, the more I I really believe in equity. I don't think people, my experience has been people don't buy into equity. Um, When I say buy into equity, they don't believe in equity. You know, so I say, look, take a lower salary, but I'll give you equity in this franchise or building. Okay, so you're doing that. A lot. We we try, we try. But my point is that most people don't. That no, 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 no. They just this equity you're talking about is very nice, eh? But please, just pay me the the one I'm waiting for. The equity we can talk about that later. I think it's changing, but we'll get there. W-
0: what is your number one growth metric at the moment?
1: It's um non-performing loan ratio.
0: That's what you look at every day to see whether you can tweak it and have the levers to see. It. Every yeah.
1: day, every day.
0: Uh, which book are you reading? At moment.
1: It's called Titan, it's a biography of Rockefeller.
0: Um which business is getting you excited at the moment apart
1: from? the one I like, I don't know too much about them is a uh, company I think called Life Bank that act as a aggregator of um, yeah. So I haven't met her yet, but you know again for me this is she's solving real problems. And that's the, you know, it might not be as big as, you know, a massive bank, but he's solving real problems, making impact.
0: They, they make a um, available for people that need it most. By it. So they, they give a lot of transparency and, and, and openness to doctors to be able to see how web Correct. blood is available, availability, and they can book it. And they also do tra- um,
1: logistics as well. Exactly. Amazing. exactly.
0: Uh, saving lives.
1: Yeah. So a uh, big fan.
0: Thank you very much for coming to the show. I really enjoyed our conversation. I think we're going to have more conversation later on because when we start started. It was so good and I think there are a few issues that you and I will be talking about in a later show.
1: Excellent. Look, thanks for the invite. I think what you're doing is fantastic. I look forward to hearing the other interviews with other guests and yeah, happy to keep talking. Thank you. All right, thank you very much.
0: You've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton. These are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future. And you'll be able to hear all their stories. For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at the our revolution will be televised hey everyone thanks so much for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed the show before you go i have a favor to ask you and it will take 30 seconds of your time or less it means a lot to me if you like this podcast you can easily let me know by going into itunes teacher soundcloud or whatever you download podcast and subscribe You can also go to our website, thestarter.com, that is T-H-E-S-T-A-R-T-A dot com, and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me, and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks.